0: What's the nature of your emergency? Good morning, police, fire, military, and families, and to everybody who is listening in on the Tactical Living Podcast, I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined by (laughs) who I just designated my unofficial security blanket from Ohio because I think we just had an earthquake and I absolutely hate them, Mr. Kyle Perry. Kyle, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm good too. I really appreciate you waiting as long as you did to come on our show, and I'm very excited to have you. Good morning, good morning. We are doing a giveaway. I found a really cool pistol grip mug to whoever comments the most within 24 hours. So drop your questions for Kyle, and then we will make sure to address them. And if not, then I will get you in touch with him directly. Kyle, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? So my name is Kyle Perry. I'm from Ohio. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, and my background is in finance.
1: so, I started off in the corporate world uh, the last couple of years, and I finally left my job three months ago. And now I coach full time mentor. And I'm a life coach that actually has life experience because you'll see these 10, like 19 year old kids on the internet nowadays that talk about being a life coach. Um, so, I was in the Marine Corps, I found sobriety. I've also, uh, found God within the last year. And ultimately I just try to make one person a better person every single day. I'm from an area that's kind of a bad area that there's a lot of crime that happens here. And, um, the way I coach is I take all my life experience. I'm an ISSA master trainer. I was like a, the youngest plant manager on paper at 26 years old of a chemical plant, uh, beat alcohol, I've lost 100 pounds. So I wrap all that into one giant elite package, and I just give that to the world for free on the internet every day. And then when you sign up with me, you get that as a coach.
0: I love how quickly you just brushed over, oh, I'm sober now. Oh, I lost 100 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's a so big deal. Good morning, everybody. Now, I'd like to go in a direction that I think is a little bit different <laughs> from other interviews that I've seen you do, if that's okay. Um Because you are a veteran and we thank you for your service. But I'm hoping that we can kind of delve into a little bit of the emotional side and the mental health side when it came to making that decision. Because a lot of um, what people struggle with is finding that place where they might call it hitting rock bottom or um, something happens. And I'm just wondering, what was that moment for you like?
1: So I had to internalize the change that I needed in my own head. Um, The whole reason I went to the military was to get out of trouble and change my life. But you bring this with you and you take your head with you everywhere you go in your mindset. And unless you've internalized you're the problem, nothing changes. So I went four years in the military. I still got in trouble. I almost got a breaking and entering and kidnapping charge while I was in the military. I still drank all the time. Um, But it's easy to stay in shape in your PT in five, six days a week. Plus your friends work out all the time. And then I came home. I kept drinking a lot. And um, when you're in the corporate world, that's all you do is eat food and drink a lot of beer. And uh, it's a super uh, stressful job. I worked a lot and I started drinking a lot. And I looked in the mirror one day and I was like, this is not the example I want to set for my kids. So ultimately, it was just my kids and like my wife and the people around me. I just wanted to be... A leader in the world because today's society is so weak minded and so excuse driven. I used to talk shit about those kind of people. And then I looked in the mirror one day and I'm like, I'm that fucking person. Mm. And uh, from that day on, I've been on a journey of just personal development. I've lost 110 pounds altogether and I completely got rid of alcohol completely. Uh, my wife still drinks here and there, but I won't go around it at all.
0: Congratulations. That's Thank pretty you. amazing. When you first decided, and I know you mentioned a story about your daughter. Good morning, everybody. Can can you just share that story about your daughter in the in the store? Because that was pretty powerful.
1: So I have two stories on why I quit alcohol. Well, three, but the one with my daughter. Uh, we were sitting. We were going through Sam's Club. We were going shopping, and like around the holidays, they always put like those gift baskets of alcohol. Different alcohol companies put like different baskets together, and it was this big giant like. Um, I forget what the Fireball logo is, but it was the Fireball company with the big fire. And my daughter looked at it and she said, Daddy, look, it's your favorite drink. My daughter's only six. So, like, my daughter should not know what I drink all the time on a daily basis. That was a big deciding factor in why I was going to quit. I had already started looking for sobriety and really wasn't drinking anymore. And then the real big impact is uh, I was on a cruise in Miami. This is why I set my move date to April as well. I never really realized it until someone else asked me. Um, this altercation happened and I ended up smacking this guy because his wife was talking to my wife really poorly. And I just, I was drunk and I told him to tell his wife to calm down. He never did. And I hit him into the wall and he had like this big indentation on his head and we're on the cruise the next day. And the cruise ship talks about, they're like, they come over the intercom. They're like, we have to turn around immediately. Someone has internal bleeding. And in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, this dude's going to die. Like it's, I just ruined my whole entire life. And I saw him like an hour later, and he was fine. But that was just like my very last wake-up call. Like, alcohol does not work for me. So that that scared me a lot. And I mean, I've been in trouble before, but when you're older with kids, it's a lot more daunting on your uh, on your mental health. you Because I sat there for hours until I saw that dude like, dude, I'm going to prison, I'm going to prison, I'm going to prison.
0: Man, I can imagine how that would feel. 95 days alcohol-free and down 3% body fat. That is fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. No. Now when you first started out on your journey and you made that decision, you knew you wanted to lose the weight, you knew that you wanted to just stay clean out of out of alcohol. What what was your first step? My first step
1: was admitting that I was the problem and then my second step was just staying away from anybody that didn't support me. The mm-hmm. thing that sucks about personal development, anyone that's thinking about starting it is it is probably one of the most lonely roads you will ever go down mm-hmm. in your life. It sucks. Because You don't want to hang out with those people that drink all the time or that had you in that bad spot, but you haven't leveled yourself up enough to go up to the next ranks of good people to be around because they do not respect you enough because of the things you've done in your life. So you can't really level up your friend group until you level up yourself. So you got to get really used to being by yourself for a couple months until you actually have made a real change to where you know you're not going to revert and then you can start looking for better people.
0: I love how you put that. And it's so true when it came to coming to that realization, then tactfully, what were some of the things that you had to physically integrate into your life?
1: I pretty much, I hired a mentor. And then the second thing I did is I treated every single day like I was in Marine Marine Corps boot camp again, because at one point in time, obviously I was in shape if I made into the military and I lived a structured life. And I'm like, if I just picture every day, like I can't say no. And I have someone screaming at me and I can't, I just have to do it. There's no way I could fail. So I wake up every morning and I go on an hour-long ruck, and then I, uh, I do this thing called earn your breakfast. I put it on my Instagram every day where I do a workout, and then I eat my food, and then I read a book, and then later on in the day I work out again. So I keep it extremely structured because the thing with addicts or people that are addicted to any kind of vice, the easiest way to beat that addiction is to swap it with a healthy addiction. So, if you're addicted to X, Y, and Z, you just swap those out for things that are actually healthy for you and you get addicted to those things. Like now, I'm extremely addicted to making an extremely successful business. So, I just flipped the switch on my addiction. And uh, the mentor I hired, he helped me build my business. And people ask me all the time how I built my business so fast again. And it's just, I just have a very addictive personality. I, I'll i work a 20 hour day just to get a, another sale and this and change one more life. Like, it doesn't matter to me because I just have an addictive personality. Like,
0: yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Alcohol can ruin many aspects in one's life. You are so right. And you make a great point, Kyle, because you talk about how there is such an integration of food when it comes to celebrations and how we shouldn't be celebrating something we haven't earned. And I think the same is to be said of a lot. And I'm not singling out first responders and armed service members, but there there is a great, there is a great parallel between um, drinking or any kind of other kind of vices as you called them so talk to me a little bit about some of what you see as it relates to that the thing that sucks about like military or first responders
1: is like they teach us to treat our bodies like shit not only do they you not pt correctly you're just like running to the point that you're breaking your body down then they teach you to celebrate going aways when people retire when you get promoted Everything's with alcohol everything's with alcohol or food and then the civilian world is the same way but you treat your body ten times more extreme when you're in the military and it's like the norm to treat your body bad and which is the exact opposite like if you want to celebrate something you should treat your body good so you actually feel good for the thing you're celebrating like I never I don't understand it now that I'm, I don't drink anymore and like I look back on it I'm like why would I do that why would I make myself feel horrible because I wanted to celebrate myself that did something good in life and then wake up and the whole weekend just feel I feel like shit like so I got promoted if I got promoted on a Friday I'm gonna drink so much I feel like shit the whole weekend that doesn't even sound like a real celebration if you think about it
0: yeah it's a strange thing because I, I too I don't drink and so it's a strange thing to have that conversation with somebody who is still in that mindset. So when when people come to you and they're asking for help, how do you help guide them into understanding it that way?
1: The real answer is if they haven't internalized it, you can. Um, I have friends that are still on drugs out here in like the streets, and I, I've tried to. Uh, I brought one of my good friends into my home a couple years ago. He's on fentanyl really bad, and I detoxed him in my basement. I had him sober for two weeks. Uh, he ended up getting mad at my wife, screaming at her when I went to work because he wanted to leave. So I came home, tried to talk him out of it. He still left. And uh, if they haven't internalized the change themselves and they actually deep down want it, I can't want it for you. I don't care if I charge a billion dollars for a plan. You could pay it, and if you didn't have the the like the real mindset to change, you're just going to waste the money.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so true, and it's so admirable to... Um. To bring somebody into your home to try to help them in that way. And I think that's a great way of explaining it. Now, if somebody does decide, you know, that this kind of sounds like my story, and they might want to reach out to you, what would be some of the the things that you would walk them through? What does week one look like for one of your clients? So
1: the first thing I do, especially if they're looking for sobriety or just a better life in general, I don't – I'm a little different than most fitness coaches. I don't even like to call myself a fitness coach. I focus specifically on their habits and their mindset for the first month. Like if you're drinking a lot and you're not doing anything physical, I might literally just start you out walking every day. And then once you get comfortable with that, I might swap out if you're drinking pop for a couple Coke zeros. And then if you're doing smoking 15 cigarettes a day, I'll have you start chewing more gum. So that way you can get down to like 13. Cause the thing about it is if you cold turkey everything all at once, all you're doing is setting yourself up for extreme failure. Cause the thing is, and I know I talk about quitting your vices, but if I can take you from smoking a pack of cigarettes a day to 10 cigarettes a day, that's still an accomplishment and it still betters your life and it still puts you at a healthier standard. And as you see your body start changing and your mindset start changing, it becomes a snowball. And eventually you won't want to smoke those cigarettes anyways, or you won't want to drink that much alcohol anyways. Cause when you start looking in the mirror every day and you start to see the results and you start to feel how good you feel mentally, it's easier to start dropping those things.
0: Now that you've stepped into this uh, excelled version of yourself, what have been some of the biggest changes that you've seen just in your personal life?
1: My relationship with my wife. Um, we used to. We almost got a divorce a few years ago. Um, I tell the story on all my podcasts. I actually we were separated. I actually was in a different relationship for a little bit, and um, I was laying there like right before we both got sober, and I'm like, I need to just fix everything. Like, I don't want to start over. I don't like being around new people. I'm not really. I'm a people person. by like helping people change, but I'm not a people person. Like I'd like to be around new people. Cause I don't like a lot of people's mindsets. And I just remember like, it makes more sense to just fix everything in my life than starting over again. So like I called my wife, I was like, Hey, I want to talk. And that was like another like stepping stone in all of our personal development. And then she started going on her personal development road. And, uh, I mean, she, she wasn't perfect either, so we had to change together. I think what most people don't realize is they try to, like, point a finger at one person. But normally if there's a failed relationship or something going on, it's on both people. Because if you, bo- you both let it go that long for that, for that bad of a time and uh, someone could have stepped up and just talked to the next person to do it. So I think my relationship... And I spend a lot more time with my kids now. Everyone, this is what I hate about people, like the people that are out of shape and they like make a lot of excuses. They're like, well, I just want to spend more time with my kids, but they're liars. They're not spending any time with their kids. They say that shit to make the fitness people, the people who are in shape, try to feel bad. But the thing is, like, I take my kids on walks now. I, I look over sometimes. My kids are just doing burpees because they see me doing it all the time. My kids come out to the gym and hang out with me an hour and a half every day. I play video games with my son every single night. I make way more time because I'm not tired and I don't feel like shit. And I get way more hours of the day. I put all my kids on the bus now. And before I would get drunk on the weekday and I wouldn't want to do it. And then I'm like, oh, you could just walk. It's not far. But now I like get my kids ready. I take them to the bus. I hang out with them for an hour before I go to work. Make them brec- breakfast if I want to. 95% of parents aren't doing that, even if they work out or not. And that, they, they try to make us feel bad because we take care of ourselves. But if you take care of yourself first, you really put your kids first.
0: Yeah, and I think that people who, who have it they have it right, I would say. We're too busy to really care about other people or to make those kinds of comments. And so I think for me, that's a great indicator, right? And we we can have empathy for, for those people. But I also love your approach in not feeling ashamed um, like social media nowadays wants you to when it comes to calling out people like that. Because I feel I feel that masculinity has changed so much. And being a daughter of a very... Um, empowering father and having five brothers I appreciate and I value when men act like men so it sounds like your approach is kind of like the no bullshit sort of style which I think we need more of
1: I actually have it you can't see it but my my old logo used to be weight loss with no bs results so like because I think life in general is just over everyone wants to like overcomplicate. it they want to talk about the science and this and the science and that And this is the most ideal way to do something. Like if you just wake up every single day and you say, I'm going to treat my body like I'm supposed to, and I'm going to be a good person, everything else fades away. All the drama, all the bullshit, all the negativity, life becomes extremely simple. Once you put yourself first and you just take it serious.
0: I have one of those selfish questions as a coach, because you mentioned that you also got closer to God in the past year. So talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So that's crazy. Cause I actually used to be anti-religious and, uh, I used to be like, every time someone would bring a God of like, I don't know, why are you talking about the sky wizard? Like it used to be like the most crazy thing to me. And, uh, I was just going through a lot of, a lot of mental health issues and I was going through a lot of anxiety and like my, I couldn't find my sobriety fully. And I've always heard about the 12 steps of AA, but I was too prideful to ever do anything like that. So I got myself sober. I don't, I don't tell anyone to stray away from those things, but I knew, do know that when it comes to programs like that, God's always in the forefront of all those things. And I have an aunt that's really religious and I just, she's a really good person. Like she's probably the sweetest person on this planet. And I'm like, well, if God can do that for her, I wonder what he could do for me. And I kept thinking of stuff like that. And I kept praying and I didn't really feel anything. And, uh, I always believe everything happens for a reason. My wife works for this doctor. He's an older guy. And he's like, hey, do you and Kyle want to come to church? And I'm like, yeah, I'll go. And my wife didn't. She didn't even ask me. She doesn't say no. And then uh, I just started going every day, every Sunday after that. And uh, my business is kind of too big right now. I'm so busy. I, can't, I haven't been able to make it. I've been watching church services on Sundays on my phone. But within three months of going there every single day, just the atmosphere, I, I got baptized on Easter in front of like the whole church. And it was like up in the pew. And the reason I did that is like that was another way to hold myself accountable. I just gave myself to God in front of like three, like five hundred people. Uh, I'm always a person. That's why I speak all my goals into the phone. So that way I came back out of it. And um, same way I got baptized. The thing I don't, the only thing I don't like about religion is people are like, oh, you can't, how do you believe in God and you cuss? Like, where does it ever say you can't cuss? The only thing that the Bible has ever said is you can't take the Lord's name in vain. But like, that just means like, don't speak. That doesn't even mean cussing. You just don't speak down on his name. And uh, there's so many judgmental people in religion that makes people want to stray away from it. But just like anything in life, just don't pay attention to those negative people. There's going to be a bad apple and everything. Like just like the cops are getting attacked right now, but there's just, there's bad people in the military. I met tons of people that were shitty humans, but it's just what it is. You just if you really want religion, uh, it will really change your life. And uh, the best story I have about God, and this is this is a true story. This was on my birthday. This is in October. I had just started my business. I left my corporate job. My corporate job, I was making six figures. So to leave that and have kids is a very scary decision to try to make. And um, I was doing good. And then my business kind of slowed down for a second. And I'm like praying to God. Oh, my God. I just I want to know if I actually did the right thing. And this actually is the decision I should have made. I prayed that on October 11th. My birthday was October 12th. On my birthday, I had a $4,000 day. I got a supplement sponsorship i actually ended up turning that part down and then i got a a published book deal where i get to tell my story and i get to be a part of this pair it's a whole chapter i get in this book that's about faith and the guy every time he publishes his books he's a best-selling author so my name will be attached to it so i can also call myself a best-selling author all of that happened the day after i prayed for a sign if i should keep going And the thing about religion is people pray for a sign and they pray and ask God, and then they get the sign and then they ignore it. And then they wonder why their faith doesn't get stronger or they don't get closer to God or they don't keep moving forward in life. It's because they keep asking for these signs and they just don't. We all know that person that got too drunk that's hugging the toilet like, God, if you just let me make it through tonight, I won't drink again. And then he drinks the next day.
0: Right, or they hear the signs and then they don't put in the work.
1: Yeah, like, that's, that's why I tell people cool all the time, you can pray and manifest all you want, which I highly believe in. Like I have a manifestation journal right here. But if you don't put the work in, those words that you speak into the universe don't matter.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I know we got to wrap it up here, but I'm just wondering, for anybody who might be timid, but listening to this and then feeling your story and then feeling what you're saying resonate with them, what advice might you give to them?
1: If you actually feel motivated right now to make a change, you have to do it right now. Fitness, weight loss, personal development is a very emotional state of mind. And if you do not turn on the personal development, as soon as you feel emotional enough to do it, you're going to fail and never start. We all know people that's like, oh, I'm going to start on Monday. But then when Monday comes around, they don't have the motivation anymore, so they don't start. Like I lose sales sometimes because I'll get on an hour-long podcast and someone had messaged me like, hey, I really need to lose weight. And then by the time I get back to them, it's been an hour and they already lost the motivation because – Like once you feel that feeling that you need to change, you need to just start. Like go pack your breakfast for tomorrow or just go do something that will motivate you. Because when you wake up tomorrow, the motivation is not going to be there. I promise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that. And I know you have a a give back program for veterans. Um, Can you tell us what that is? Yeah, so
1: I, I have it kind of on pause right now because I've tried it and it didn't work. Because I had to where people could donate up to $750 and I would coach and mentor a veteran for free. But I'm having this issue right now when you give something someone for free, they don't hold value to it. Um, so a lot of them were falling off after like two weeks because someone talked them into doing it and then they tried it and then they didn't have any real sentimental ties to it because they didn't pay for it. So I'm revamping how I want to run the program right now. I'm trying to start a, a sober program in person to where you come for three days, and it's like a mastermind. So I'm working with that with my good friend that's in the Army. He's in the Special Forces. He gets out in April. So we're going to try to do our first one in April. So that part is kind of on pause right now because the whole free thing didn't really go over well. It did, they didn't stick to
0: it. Hey, I can attest to that. People who pay, pay attention. That is for mm-hmm. sure. So what is the best way for somebody to get a hold of you?
1: So the best way to get a hold of me is just on Instagram. It's Perry's underscore powerhouse underscore fitness. And you don't have to want to buy a program to talk to me. I talk to people all day long. So, um, I mean, this is what I do for a full time job. If you're feeling lost, you're feeling lonely, you just need someone to pick someone's brain for a couple seconds. It doesn't cost me anything to give you a few answers. Obviously, I can't give you a full-blown life plan like I do for the people that pay, but I I don't ignore anyone. and I talk to people on a day-to-day basis that I know they can't afford any type of programs because at the end of the day, it's all about just being a better person and motivating one more life change because one life change is really 100 lives changed because then you, you treat your kids better, then they treat people better at school, and then it's just an ongoing thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. If, if you're listening to this and that resonated with you, um, I would implore you to go on Instagram now and to take action. Just like Kyle said, you know, don't let that moment of inspiration pass you by because something is going to distract you an hour from now. And Kyle, thank you again for your inspiration and for your service and for spending time with us this morning. And I look forward to um, having you come back on, especially when that book comes out.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. And the last thing I have to say is if if I, I know it sounds cliche, but if I can change my life, anyone can. I was on a really bad path and uh, for a long time. So if I can do it, anybody can do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.